Hey family, how are you? I pray all is well in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. So I'm super excited. The message you're about to hear, my pastor allowed Submitted to Serve to be a part of the service yesterday. So I streamed live via Facebook. Um, if you would like to see the video, you can go to Submitted to Serve YouTube channel. I posted the video there. But I'm super excited. I had a fun, I had a good time. I came out of Acts 27, how to deal with the shipwrecks of life. The importance of having mental and emotional health, not to just continuously get our spirit right, but we need to get our mind right. And that it's okay if we need a little help. It's okay if we need therapy, if we need a counselor, if we need some sessions with the pastor, but at the end of the day, we want to be completely whole. So family, I pray that you are blessed. I pray that you take something from it. It's a little lengthy, but sit down, get your favorite drink, get you some coffee, get you some tea, and just... Listen to the word of God. I love you. Talk to you soon. Jesus Christ, how are you doing today? How are you feeling? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hello, hello. Hey, Dad. <laughs> How are you? I'm just going to wait for a few more people to come in. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> hallelujah. Hey, sis, how are you? Amen to to what God is doing. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna begin to start in a few minutes. I'm gonna try to wait for a few more people to get on before I begin to go in. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. What an awesome prayer we had by Minister Kukula and an amazing word by co-pastor, count the cost, count the cost. I'm so blessed by the word. I'm so blessed even for the the confirmations that came from her word, because a lot of it is going to be touched in, you know, what God has placed on my heart to say and really being mentally prepared, being mentally ready, being mentally aware. Um, so often as believers in Christ, we're, we're working on the spiritual aspect of everything. But in order for us to be complete, God is wanting us to be complete, not just spiritually, but mentally and emotionally. So I thank God for him even bringing me to this reality, to my own mental space, my own emotional space, that I can bring it in together and bring it into, you know, order and bring it into communion with the Holy Spirit of God and the word of God. So I am grateful for that. So I'm going to just start. <laughs> so um, what I'm grateful for is the word that the Lord gave me out of... Um, Acts 27, and many of us know the story about Paul being shipwrecked, um, but what the Lord had opened my eyes to this message, the importance of being in a healthy mental space to continue on our walk with God and to have an effective journey with God, effective walk as a minister, as a pastor, or wherever your title is, 
or even just a born again believer in God, we want to be at a mental a mental headspace that we're not just a Christian, but I want to be an effective one. I want to be one that is not just going to minister to someone out of my pain, out of my my hurts, but I want to minister from a healthy place. I want to minister from a whole place. I want to share my experience from a, a, a pure perspective. And I see that when I read the book of Acts and I read what Paul experienced as he was being shipwrecked. And the Bible says that as Paul was being shipwrecked, that in the beginning of the journey, the Bible says that he told, he knew, he perceived that this journey wasn't going to be a good one, that they were going to lose some stuff along the way, that they were going to lose some cargo, that they was going to lose some merchandise, and that they would even lose their life. And what is awesome about that is he knew it ahead of time. And I think it's awesome when we can discern a storm before it comes. I think it's awesome when we're such at a mental, uh, a mental wholeness with God that we can discern the season that we're about to go in. We can discern that a storm is on a rise. The Bible said he knew it. Paul knew that the, the, the storm was going to come. And then he told the centurion, he told the shipmen, but they didn't believe him. And they continue on with their plan because Paul was a prisoner and he was on his way to go before Caesar. He was on his way to go before the king. So they was just determined to keep going on with sail, even though Paul told them this is not going to end well for us. We're going to lose everything, including our lives. So as the Bible continues, the Bible you know, begins to say that now they're in this storm. And they're seeing the winds as hurricanes coming up against them. And the Bible, they're fearful, they're scared, they're throwing off the cargo, they're throwing off things because now they're afraid and they're trying to prevent themselves from being shipwrecked, even though they're going to be shipwrecked. And then the Bible says that an angel of God came to Paul in the middle of the night, which I think is pretty awesome because there was 276 men on this ship. And out of 276 men, only Paul was able to see this angel. So the Bible says that the angel came to Paul and told him, not only that you will not die, fear not, for you're not going to die, just the boat. And I think we can praise right there because it's a message even in that. That we're going to have shipwrecks in our life. We're going to go through storms in our life. We're going to go through issues in our life. We may lose some stuff along the way. We're going to. It's not even we gonna. We may. We're going to lose some stuff along the way. But guess what? It is not unto death. Guess what? You're not going to lose your life. You're going to be saved. And the angel told Paul, this is not going to take your life. Even so much so, the next thing that the angel said to him was, because you got to go before Caesar. And I thought that was very, um, so powerful to me because no matter what storm we're going through, no matter what trial we are up against, we got to know that he knows the plan that I have for you to give you a hope, to give you a future and expected end. God planned for Paul to go see Caesar. God planned for Paul to go before the king. And we got to know that God has some plans for us. God got plans to take us before great people. God has plans to take us to see that blessing that he promised us and that no situation, no storm, no trial 
is going to change the plan that God has for us. When I read that, that was very powerful and that really blessed my spirit because we're always going through stuff. And sometimes when we're in the midst of a storm or a trial, we start thinking about, well, God, you promised me this. Lord, you promised me that. Lord, you told me I was going to get this house. Well, you told me I was going to get this spouse. Well, you told me I was going to get this business. And we allow the storms of life to make us question the very plan that God has for us. But when I read that, that in the midst of a storm, that the angel came to him and told him, be not afraid. This is not unto death because you are going before the king. That was powerful to me. And I wanna encourage you today that no matter what storm that you're facing, that you are going before the king, that God is going to take you to exactly where he said he was going to take you. You will arrive to the destination that God has for you no matter what's in front of you. And I thought that was powerful. So then the Bible goes on to say that Paul rises up and he begins to tell everybody on the ship, first, I wish you would have listened to me because if you would have listened to me, this wouldn't have happened. And even in that, the Lord spoke to me because sometimes the only reason why we're going through a storm is because we refuse to listen to counsel. Amen. We refuse to listen to what pastor said or maybe what mama said or maybe even what a friend said because maybe we don't like the vessel that the information is coming from. Maybe we got feelings towards the vessel and that's really what it is. We don't like the vessel. You're a prisoner. I'm the captain of this ship. I'm not listening to you. Even though what Paul was saying to them was going to be beneficial for all of them, but I don't like the vessel. You're a prisoner. And sometimes we hurt ourselves by not receiving the word that God sent to us by the people in our lives. We don't receive it because I don't like the vessel. I don't like, you know what, I'm mad at you. I don't want to receive that. I don't think you know what you're talking about. Instead of us humbling ourselves and having an ear to hear what the Lord is saying, he who has an ear, we have to be at a mental and emotional state. To really be able to receive a word, to be able to look at our pastor or look at our husband or look at our wife or look at our children or look at our neighbor and be able to say, I hear you talking, but I know that's God. And we have to be at a right mental headspace and emotionally at a, an emotional space to say, I know this is God. I'm not going to look at the vessel in front of me. I'm going to look at the words that's being spoken. And I'm going to receive it in my spirit. I'm not going to look at who's saying it to me. I'm not going to be offended by what's saying it to me. Because sometimes it's not something we always want to hear. Sometimes it's a rebuke. Sometimes it's a rebuke. And it's not comfortable for my skin. Because I don't like what you're saying anyhow. I don't even have to receive it. They were very motivated to get him to Caesar. They wanted him locked up. You're going to court. That's where you're going. We don't want to hear. They could have even been saying, well, maybe you're just telling us this because you don't want to go to court. You don't want to go before the king. So Paul got up and told them, if you would have listened to me, this wouldn't have happened. But fear not. But fear not. Because an angel of God, which I serve, which I belong to, told me that we will not die. Only the boat. Only the boat. And then Paul turns around and says, I believe God. I believe God. I believe it's going to be exactly the way the angel said it. I believe God. Now, what I really wanted to, like, really, I wanted to give that down as a foundation. But what the Lord has been dealing with me is my mental space. 
What's going on with me mentally? What's going on with me emotionally? And how that can hinder and sabotage me as I walk with God. Because in the very beginning of that story, the Bible says that Paul perceived that not only that there was, this was going to be a dangerous voyage, that they were going to lose cargo, but he also said, we're going to lose our lives. This was the belief. This is what he said when he first started. But now at this part of the story, he's saying, I believe God. What happened between the beginning of the story and now? And it's kind of like what we experienced, the beginning of our stories unto now. That we fail to realize that there's three parts of our mind. There is our conscious mind, there's our subconscious mind, and there's our unconscious mind. And what we don't realize is a lot of the things we do and how we respond is from the unconscious mind. It's from a place, it's from where we formed our beliefs where we formed, we have a foundation there because whether I was six or whether I was 10, whether I was 20, I formed a belief and it's in my unconscious mind. And no matter how much is in the conscious mind, it's no matter how much that's in front of me, no matter how much I want to change, until I change that belief in my unconscious mind, Nothing's going to change. I love that co-pastor was talking about renewing the mind, renewing the mind. The Bible is always telling us about renewing our mind. Why is God so adamant about us renewing our mind? Yes, we called on Jesus to be our Lord and Savior. Yes, we're saved to the day of redemption. We have our spirit set. But what about our mind? What about our emotions? Why God is always saying, renew your mind in the word of God. Whatever a man thinketh, so is he. Cast down every negative imagination. Whatever is good, whatever is of peace, whatever is virtual, think of these things. Why was God doing that? Why was God so adamant about us? Because he knew the importance of mental health. He knew that no matter how much we wanted to believe his word, if we don't change the belief that we already have in place, it's going to be hard for us to act out the word of God. I experienced that in my own life. That, that no matter how much I love the word of God and how much I want to believe the word of God, there is another belief system that must be uprooted before the word of God can take effect in my life. And to be okay and be honest enough to say, I need some help. I need some help. God knows us better than we know ourselves. I need some help. I don't have it all together here. Some things happened to me when I was small. Some things happened to me when I was a teenager. So many things happened to me in my young adulthood. And to be honest, family, it is not the events that hurt us. I had to learn. It is not the event that hurt us. It's the story we tell ourselves about the event. And many of us experience events in our lives that was hurtful, that was painful, that was shameful. And it was at that moment we formed a belief. And we start telling us, we start telling ourselves a story. I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. Nobody loves me. I can't do it. I'm not smart enough. Someone's better than me. That event formed a belief and until we be honest with ourselves and allow God to go in deep, 
to uproot that thought, to uproot that belief. Until we let God do that, it's going to be really hard to believe God loves me. It's going to be hard to believe that everything is going to work out for my good. Because my past, my past told me that things aren't going to work out. Because every time an event happened, this always happened to me. Nothing good ever happens to me. Woe is me. Why is this happening to me again? <sighs> the story we telling ourselves. As a man thinketh, so is he. What story are you telling yourself? Only we know that. Only we know those secret closets, those secret rooms that have these beliefs in that needs to be uprooted. And when God was dealing with me with my, my mental state and telling me, I need you to be mentally healthy for the next season in your life. That you can't go into your next season wavering to and fro. One day you believe and one day you don't. One day you praise and one day you depress. One day, the, what, what's going on? What's up, what's up with that dynamic? I know I'm saved. I know I'm a child of God. I know I'm a born again believer, but why am I depressed today? Why am I angry today? Why am I bitter today? The story that I'm telling myself. And until we be honest with ourselves and we might not want to, maybe you know, maybe you know, because I knew, I knew exactly the beliefs that I formed in my unconscious mind that are hindering me, that are sabotaging me, that are causing me to be delayed and so many things that God want to catapult me to. But until I change that belief, until I remove that belief, then and only then can the word of God be in its rightful place. The Bible says he wants, he, he desires truth in our inward parts. And we have to be honest with ourselves and go beyond the surface and begin to really go to those ugly places that we really don't want to go through. Because many of us are suffering mentally, mentally. What we think is how we feel and how we feel is how we act. We're suffering mentally. And we're not really, because I'm a Christian, I'm supposed to be okay. Because I know some scriptures, I'm supposed to be okay. I need a little extra help. Because my mind ain't right. My mind ain't right. And I have some beliefs about myself. And I have some beliefs about the people that are around me based on things that happened to me when I was small. And if I don't confront them and make a decision to choose God, how can I move forward? In the beginning of that story, as I mentioned, Paul said, we're going to lose everything, including our lives. But by the end of the story, we're going to live. And I believe God. He shifts the belief. In spite of what it looks like, you got to shift the belief and begin to accept it. And I believe that it played those parts from the conscious to the subconscious to his unconscious mind, his unconscious self. Because I know what it's looking like. I'm very conscious and I'm very aware that I'm about to be in a shipwreck. But then the angel came 
And the angel came and gave me a word, gave me another belief to remove the belief that I thought I was going to die. The angel gave me another belief and throughout the night, Paul meditated. He meditated on what that angel said to him. You're not going to perish. You're going before Caesar. So much so that because he meditated on that new belief, he was able to wake up and say, you know what? We're not going to die. And I believe God. It's going to happen exactly the same way the angel said it. Not how I said it in the beginning, but how the angel said it. How God said it. And I know just like myself, you want to get to that place where you really feel, not just say it with your mouth, but really feel it in, the, in your spirit, in your heart. I believe God. I believe God. I'm not just saying it because it sounds Christian-like. I'm not saying it because it looks good on paper. I'm saying it because I actually believe God. I believe it. And the Lord dealt with me. The Lord dealt with me. Trina, if you don't get your mind together, and he led me to literature, and he led me to some philosophies and meditations that take me on that trip. He said, if you acknowledge me, I'll make your path straight. So God began to take me on this new journey, this new season of my life where I'm concentrating on what's going on up here. Because what's going up on up here is going to change everything. We know the scripture, as a man thinks, so is he. But why are we still struggling to live out that scripture? Why are we still thinking negatively? Why are we still meditating negatively? Why when something happens, we're choosing to look at the circumstances and not look at the good? Why are we still doing that? Even though I know the word, I know the word, but I can't seem to act it out because it's on the surface. It's on a conscious level. But we got to get it in our, upconscious, our subconscious mind, in our unconscious mind, that God can really do the work that he want to do in our life. And I know many of you, you may think, well, you know, it, it's not about you. It is not about us, but God gave us a part to play. As I mentioned in the beginning, renew your mind in the word of God. Cast down every negative imagination. Change the way you think. Think on that he want us to be responsible for our thinking. We're responsible for that. Not God. We are. And until we become accountable, really accountable, not playing the blame game, not pointing people for mistakes and situations and trials, but really be accountable for what's going on in me, with me. I don't have authority for anything outside of me. I can't control anything that's going on outside of me. I can't control my job. I can't control the weather. I can't control the presidency. I can't control nothing that's going on outside of me. But what I can control is what's going on inside of me. I can control how I choose to think. I can control the story I tell myself. I can control how I'm choosing to feel in this moment. That's all we can control, but we have to control it. And you got to know that you have the tools, you have the authority, you have the power, you have the dominion to trample over serpents. You have the authority. You have it. We just have to exercise it. We have to exercise it and really begin to be accountable for the beliefs we formed. The beliefs we formed. 
that we can now live out the beliefs that God has given us. I believe God. I want to believe God. So God led me to this video and it was an awesome illustration and I'm going to share this illustration with you because it really, it really blessed my spirit and you might not can't do it now, but later, later on, when you get some alone time, I would encourage you to really, especially if you know that you have some beliefs that you formed about yourself, that you really want to change. And in spite of how much you read the word of God, you still feel the same way. You still got those insecurities. You still got those fears. You still got those doubts. I encourage you to really go before the Lord and, and do this. So what I did was I, I saw the video and the video was saying how if we're going to imagine, the Bible says cast down every negative imagination. If we're going to use our imagination, let's use it for the glory of God. Amen. So. In this, in this form of meditation, he said, okay, you are the captain of your mind and you need a gatekeeper and you need some workers. And I thought that was pretty cool because Jesus is a gatekeeper and I saw the angels as the workers. And he said, have a safe place. Envision in your mind a safe place. You feel safe, you feel calm, you feel secure. And he said, now go to the gatekeeper. So for me, it's Jesus. So I said, okay, I'm walking up to Jesus. And he said, tell Jesus, take me to the book of my beliefs. So I'm listening to it. So I began to do exactly what he said. So I said, okay, Jesus, take me to the beliefs that I formed for myself. And family, I tell you the truth. I'm holding Jesus' hand. I'm visualizing holding Jesus' hand. And I'm going to that very place, that very moment that I felt. For me, I struggled for a long time not feeling loved. And I felt like nobody loved me. No matter what, that's how I felt. So, I'm holding Jesus' hand. And I'm walking to that very place to that very moment, to that very event in my life, where that event, where that belief was formed. And as I'm walking with Jesus, I feel, I feel myself clenching harder and harder on my own hand. I feel it because this is very uncomfortable for me, but it was so real. And I'm, I'm going through it and I'm walking with Jesus and I'm going to this place. And I'm looking at myself at that moment, at that point in my life, at that event that happened to me that made me feel unloved. And it was a book. And when I opened the book, I saw I'm not loved. Nobody loves me. And then he said, take a pen and visualize yourself scratching it out and then draw a line. And I thought that was so awesome because mother um, co-pastor friends talked about drawing a line today. He talked about, she talked about drawing a line to, to, to know that this is it. Today is the day I choose to believe God. And he said, draw a line and make a decision. Today is today, today is the day that I choose not to believe this belief. I'm choosing not to believe this. So I crossed it out and I drew the line. And then I ripped it out. I'm visualizing myself ripping out this page and I'm ripping it up. And then I look again and I see it still. And I'm like, 
Why is it still here? Because that's how many times I told myself. That's the story I told myself year after year after year. No matter who said they're there for me. No matter who said they love me. Nobody loves me. In the, in, the, in the minute that an event happened or something happened, it reflected back to me exactly what I felt, exactly what I told myself throughout the years. Because the one thing we fail to realize, the story you tell yourself, things will begin to manifest in that manner. So things started to manifest just as I predicted. Nobody loves me. But that wasn't the case. It was the story I told myself. So I'm seeing it and I'm, I ripped it out again and I visualized a shredder. And I let it be shredded in the shredder. So then I look and I still see it again. By this point, I'm just, I'm just like, okay, Lord, please. I want, I want to be mentally whole. So I rip it out again and I begin to pray. And I say, Father, in the name of Jesus, for you are consuming fire to consume this belief. I, I break down this negative altar that I built within myself. And I believe by faith that it is destroyed in the name of Jesus. And when I did that, the sheet was empty. But it wasn't empty just to stay empty. I remember the description in the Bible says that when a house is swept, that it, it must be occupied because if it's not occupied, the spirits are going to come back with seven more spirits stronger than themselves. So when something is swept, when something is clean, you cannot leave it unattended. So where it was a negative belief... I had to now put in a positive belief. So where it was written, nobody loves me, I wrote, I am loved. I am loved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who should ever call on the name of Jesus shall be saved. I am loved. When your mother and father forsake you, I will take you as my own. I am loved. You are not forgotten. I know your name. I am loved. And I chose a new belief. I chose a new belief and I meditated on it. I am loved. God loves me. I'm loved. You have to take those negative beliefs that we built based on events that happened in our life and put a new one. Put the truth. For I am the truth, the way, and the life. We have to replace them with truth. And we have to, because if we don't, how effective are we going to be as men and women of God? God don't need us ministering from a broken place. God don't want us acting out of emotion. God don't want us going in habitual cycles because we can't seem to get out of it. Because we don't know how. Maybe you are unaware. Maybe you are completely unaware of what's really hindering you. What's really stopping you from walking into the, uh, uh, the plan of God, walking into the blessing, walking into whatever it is that God has for you. Maybe you are completely unaware. And the Bible says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Now is the time to go to God and say, Lord, what beliefs did I form in myself that is hindering me from prospering, that's hindering me from growing, that's hindering me from being a blessing? God, 
in the name of Jesus Christ. Open the eyes of my understanding. Show me those beliefs. What happened to me when I was small? What happened to me when I was a teenager? Because these things affect us more than we know. It affects us more than we know. I don't care how old you are. Some of us are still acting out things that happened to us when we was five or happened to us when we were 20. It's I, 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 All I can do is share my experience and what God has showed me as I walk with him, as I journey with him. And if I'm going to be an effective minister, if I'm going to be a woman of God that he can use in and out of season, I got to change the story in my mind. And I got to change the belief system that is rooted in my unconscious mind. I have to. So we can have the word of God at the surface level, but we need to get the word of God in the deep. We need to get deep with God. We got to get him in our unconscious mind. That our belief system without shaking, without, without murmuring, without complaining, without fear, without doubt. That no matter what we go through, I believe God. No matter what is in front of us, I believe God. No matter how bad it hurts, I believe God. No matter what the doctors say, I believe God. No matter who walks in and out of your life, I believe God. We got to get that in our unconscious mind. And we got to remove the false beliefs that we made for ourselves because you are good enough. You are worth it. You are successful. You are above. You are more than a conqueror. You are able to do all things through Christ Jesus. And we have to really allow the spirit of God to take us on those uncomfortable journeys. To those places that we don't want to visit. Some of us, it's too painful. Like I said, I clutched to his hand so tight because it hurted me. It broke me. It broke me. I didn't feel loved for a very long time. Long time. In order for me to be an effective minister and share the love of God to the masses, I got to first feel that love myself. So I have to figure out where was it formed? When did I believe that I wasn't worth loving? Get that belief. Repent for that belief. Denounce that belief. And choose to believe God. We have to go through these practical steps. I know it may seem like it don't take all of that. But it do. It do and so much more. It do. It do we really have to go through these things and it's uncomfortable sometimes and it, it, it's fearful sometimes and it's shameful sometimes. And you might need to talk to somebody and you might need to go to a counselor. You might need to sit with the pastor. You might just have to. You might can't do it by yourself. You might can't do it by yourself. But at the end of the day, your focus, I want to be whole. I want to be whole, Jesus. I don't want to just put on this spiritual facade that I've got it all together because I know a few scriptures. My mind ain't right. I'm emotionally unstable. I'm wavering here and there. I'm here today. I'm there tomorrow. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be that type of Christian. Jesus don't want us to be that type of Christian. And that's why he was so adamant. Renew your mind. Renew your mind. Renew your mind. Whatever is beautiful, whatever is virtuous, whatever is a good, meditate on these things because whatever you meditate on, the story you tell yourself is going to be your reality. 
It's going to be our reality. Whether we like it or not, we could pray all day. We could worship all day. But the story you tell yourself, how can anything manifest other than what you believe can manifest? If you don't believe that you're going to make it out of this, you're going to keep going through situations that seems like you're not going to make it out of this. I used to wonder why it seemed like I'm going at the hard time, at the hard time, at the hard time, at the hard time. I don't believe it. Do I really believe that all things are working together for my good? And even though in the end, God is sovereign, but he's given us free will to think on the things of God, to believe God over our circumstances. But we have to first get to a place because for me, there are areas in my life where I'm strong. You can't tell me nothing. I'm good. I, I believe God all the way. There's the areas where those false beliefs was formed that I struggle with believing God. And it is those areas I need to allow the Holy Spirit to go to, reveal them to me, show me how to be healed from it, show me how to denounce it, show me how to really leave it at the feet of Christ and then replace it with the truth. And sometimes we've been hanging on to those beliefs so, so long. We, we, it's a part of us. We, don't, we might not even want to let it go. It's too scary to let it go because this all, all I know is that nobody, nobody loves me. All I know is that, you know, bad things seems to happen to me. All, you have to want the truth. What is the truth? What is the plan that he has for me? To give me a future and a hope and expect it in. Because this shipwreck ain't it. This hurt ain't it. This affliction in my body ain't it. The loss of this job, that ain't it. It's so much more. This is not the plan of God. And if this is not the plan of God for my life, this too shall pass. Because I may lose the job. I may lose the house. I may lose the spouse. I may have to go to the doctor, but God, glory be to God, I didn't lose my life. And that was what the Lord showed me with the shipwreck. You may lose the ship, but you will survive. And many of us are so meditated on the shipwreck and, oh, I lost this and I lost that and this person left and I lost it. I'm so focused on what was lost that I can't praise God in the lifeboat. I can't praise God that I'm still alive. I can't praise God that I haven't lost my mind. I, I haven't lost my... When are we going to stop and realize... I'm still here. I'm still here. Yes, I lost this. And it hurts. But I'm still here. And this is not unto death. This too shall pass. And I'm going to take those old beliefs. And I'm going to replace them with the truth. And it's going to take work. It's not going to happen overnight, family. It took some time for me to get to a place that I can say Jesus loves me. That I'm loved in spite of any and everything that happens outside of me. I'm loved. I had to meditate on the new belief. 
I had to reprogram my mind with the new belief. I had to soak in his presence with the new belief. But before you can even get there, you have to acknowledge that there is an old one there. You cannot serve two masters. You can't believe God and believe your past. Can't. You cannot believe God and believe what happened to you. To believe that you're not enough. To believe that you're not awesome. To believe that you're not anointed. You can't believe the word of God and believe that too. Something gotta go. Something gotta go. And I choose to believe God. And I know you choose to believe God. But some of us just need a little extra help. Some of us got it. Some of us could hear the word of God and it's like, aha. There's some of us who are struggling. I hear the word. It sounds good. I want to believe it. But all I know, all I practice, the story I told myself year after year after year, that's all I know. So I need a little extra help believing that this is going to work out for my good. I need a little extra help that God promises are yay and amen because many people made promises to me and they didn't come through on them. So I don't believe promises. And you have to be okay sitting down with a counselor. You have to be okay with sitting down with the pastor and allowing him to go deep, allowing that counselor to go deep, that we can really be healed from the past, that we can really be healed mentally and emotionally, that we can live effectively as Christians, effectively as born again believers. If we're going to if we're going to bring more souls into the kingdom of God, we have to be whole first. We have to be healed first. We have to. I believe we have to. Because I experienced ministering from a broken place. To the point where I'm at a place where if I know I'm not right emotionally or, men or mentally, I'm not going to want to minister. Because I'm a, I know I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to say something because I'm hurt. I don't want to say something because I'm offended. I don't want to say something because I just don't want to say anything. So I'd rather not. But many people say just what they want to say because it seems like it's the right thing to say. Not recognizing that I'm speaking to you from a broken place. That my advice is really not advice because I'm broken. I'm really giving you advice and telling you what I would do because this is what happened to me. Even though this is not going to help you. This is not going to be beneficial to you, but that's my advice. If I were you, I would do this. No, no. Healing. Healing. We need healing, family. We need healing. We need our mind healed. We need, and honestly to me, it all, it all starts in the mind because your emotions are a stem of what you think, what you're meditating on, what you're thinking about constantly. So if you can get your mind in order, if you can get your mind together, if you can change those belief systems that you once had, 
your emotions will follow and you can act out in love. You can act out in joy. You can act out and be grateful because you have a new belief system. We're, we're responding out of that belief system. I'm hurt. I'm offended. Nobody loves me. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not good enough. We're, we're responding and we're acting out of those beliefs. So when those beliefs change, we can walk in confidence. We can talk in confidence. We can minister in confidence. We can talk in love and we can walk in love. Everything will be from a different perspective because we're different. I'm not operating out of those old beliefs. I'm operating out of the truth. The truth. What is the truth about who you are? What is the truth? Not the story that might have been told to you by your parents. Not the story that you told yourself because of that event that hurt you. What is the truth about who God says you are? And when you know that truth, that's what you choose to believe. And that's what you declare. That's what you decree. I believe God. I'm in a storm. I'm in a trial. It hurt. I'm disappointed. But I believe God. I'm going to meditate on this story. A new story. When I think of the philosopher that I'm listening to, he wrote a book called The Meditations. And immediately it brought me to Psalms because David wrote a collection of meditations. And I love it because if you look at the dynamic of the Psalms, David was very conscious and aware. My enemies are up against me. They're trying to take my life. They're, they're trying to kill me. And then it will shift. But you are an awesome God. But you are a good God. But you are faithful. He didn't let what was happening to him change his story. He chose to meditate and believe God. They're out to get me, but you're going to protect me. They're out to take my life, but you are faithful. That's that shift. Don't sit and meditate on the ones that are out to get you. Don't meditate on the enemies. Don't, don't meditate on the storm. Don't meditate on the trial. Don't meditate on the loss. Meditate on the God you serve. The truth, the truth, it is well. The truth, that all things are working together for my good. The truth, that I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus and I look down. I look down on my situation. I'm not helplessly looking up. The truth that I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. The truth. This is the belief I'm choosing to believe. This is the belief that I'm going to meditate on. And you got to practice that. Because once you remove the old belief, once you acknowledge the old belief that you've been living year after year, you have to replace it with the truth. And once you replace it with the truth, you're going to live the truth. You're going to walk in faith. You're going to walk in. Everything about you is going to change. Sometimes we want the situation to change. Sometimes we want people to change. And the truth, we need the change. The way we perceive the situation 
needs to change. You can have the very same situation, but the minute you shift your perspective, everything's changing. Everything's different. The situation didn't change. And 99% of the time, people don't change. But when you change your perspective of the situation, when you change the beliefs of that situation, as pastor said last week, peace is a choice. I choose to perceive this differently. I'm choosing to operate out of a new belief, not an old one. So I am so blessed. I'm, I'm so blessed for what God is doing in my life when it comes to mental health, because it's so important. It's so important. God wants us to be whole, not just spiritually, but emotionally and mentally. He wants us to be one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There are three that bear record in heaven and they are one. We are a mind, we are body, we are soul, and we need to be one. One. One with ourselves. To me, I never used to like the word meditation, but I've come to find out that because God has given me dominion and authority over my mind, that to me, meditation is for the things that I can control. And prayer is for the things that I cannot. You can control your mind. You can control your emotions. You made me angry. No, I'm choosing to be angry. You made me mad when you did this and when you said that. No, you choosing to be mad. What that person do... And what that person says has no power, no power over you. No power over how you choose to respond. No power. Many things could be taken away from us, but no one can take our choice to choose how we choose to respond at any given time. Any given time. Nobody has that power but me. Nobody has that. So no matter the situation, no matter the event, I'm in control of this. And when I'm in control of this, I'm in control of this. I'm not going to act in my feelings. I'm not going to act in emotions. And I'm not going to be a crybaby and crying all over everything. Woe is me. This here, here we go again. No. I remember one time I was just recently telling my pastor that because I was super emotional, crying over everything, everything, everything. And I got to a place where one day I was about to cry over something so stupid, so stupid. And I had to check myself. And I'm about to... No, you were not about to cry. You, you, you're not about to cry over this. This is stupid. Stop. Stop. I had to check me. We control this. We control it. I don't have to be depressed. I don't have to be angry. I don't have to be bitter. I control this. I got dominion. I got authority. And I'm casting down all of these negative imaginations and I'm bringing them to the obedience of Christ. 
You will not have your way. We discriminate against so many things. I don't like that outfit. I don't like those shoes. I don't like that food. We don't like it. We don't like it. But while we're not, while we don't discriminate thoughts, thoughts just be doing what they want. And we be sitting there. I wonder why that person said that. I wonder what that means. What they looking at me for? I hope I get the job. Man, I went on that interview last week. It didn't work out right. I didn't get it, but you know, hope. I... Oh, I'm so tired of being alone, Jesus. Can you please send me somebody? Oh Lord, I don't want to be alone anymore. I'm always by myself. Nobody loves me. Am I ever going to find the perfect one? This is what we sit around and do. I, we don't throw these thoughts out. We don't, be dis we don't discriminate these thoughts and say, wait a minute. In his perfect time. If the job is for me, the job is for me. There's no blessing that is for me that man can control. Because God opens doors that no man can shut. God, he's the one who promotes. Man can't promote me. God promotes me. But we sit there and we let thoughts beat us up left and right, left and right. We're depressed. We're sad. We're sick. We're not feeling good. I don't feel good. I don't, I don't want to go. I don't want to go out with you today. No, I don't want to hang out. I'm just, I'm just going to stay home. I'm okay. To sit home and still think about negative thoughts? To still think about what got you depressed in the first place? You got power over that. You got authority over that. And you have to choose and decide, I refuse to be depressed another day. I refuse to not live an abundant life that Christ promised me as a born-again believer. I shall be joyful. I shall be grateful. I shall be forgiven. I'm going to live forgiveness because I have been forgiven. I'm going to give it because I got it. We choose. We choose. We choose. So whatever story you're telling yourself, I pray today. I pray today, and this may not be for everybody, but I ask and I pray that you allow the Holy Spirit of God to minister to you. Because so many times we can hear a message and we can sit there like, mm, I know exactly who need to hear this. You. <laughs> you. Because we all could use a little extra help when it comes to the area of our mind. We all could use a little extra help when it comes to how we deal with these emotions and how we perceive the things that happens to us, how we choose to the, how we choose to respond in the midst of a circumstances or a situation. We could we could use some help. That's not what I wanted to do. That's not what I wanted to do. That's not how I wanted to act. That's not how I wanted to respond, but that's all I know. We need some help. So I pray that you let the Holy Spirit of God minister to your spirit. Because if we're going to be effective men and women of God, we have to get our mind and we have to get our emotions together. You know the word. Amen. You know that God is alive and well. Amen. What's next?
What are we going to do? What do how, how else are we going to live this life? How are we going to live an abundant, effective life, still making the same mistakes, still going around the same mountains, still messing with the different type of people, still hanging in the same circle? Something needs to change, and it's here. It's here. Because until we change this, we, we're going to keep going into these vicious cycles. And that's not the life, the abundant life, the abundant life that God wants for us. I came to give you life and life more abundantly. So we have to allow the Holy Spirit of God to take us to those uncomfortable places that we don't want to go to. I don't know how old you were when that event happened in your life that caused you to form a belief about yourself. But the truth is what will set you free. The truth will set you free. And you have to be willing to want to lay that negative belief down. I, it may have been 10 years. It may be 20 years. It may, it may have been 30 years. You've been carrying around this false belief about yourself that is disabling you, that is hindering you, that is sabotaging you. You have to want to let it go. You have to want the truth about who you are in Christ Jesus. One of the things that Paul said when the angel came, he said, an angel of the Lord came to me in whom I belong to, whom I serve. He said it with conviction. He had a new belief system. It wasn't just an angel of God, but it was an angel of God, the God whom I belong to. You got to know who you belong to. You got to know who you belong to. You got to know who you belong to, who you are and whose you are. That you are so much more. You are so much more than your situations. You are so much more than your circumstances. You are so much more than your past. You are so much more than your failures. You are so much more than your own insecurity. You are so much more. You are so much more. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are the apple of God's eye. You are victorious in Christ Jesus. You are royalty, a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. You are. Those are the beliefs we have to hang on to. Those are the beliefs that we have to put in position in our unconscious mind. It is those beliefs. Those are the beliefs that we have to meditate on and let go of those other beliefs. And it's not going to be easy and it's going to be uncomfortable and it's going to be trying and the enemy is going to bring it back to you. Remember this. Remember that. Remember when that happened. And you got to choose no matter how many times the devil bring it back to you. I believe God. I believe God. I believe God. I know what it looks like. I know I lost my job. I know I lost my spouse. I know I'm going through it with my husband. I know I'm going through it with my wife. I know, I know what it looks like, but I choose to believe God. I'm choosing to believe God and we got to say it with conviction. I believe the God in whom I belong to and whom I serve. I believe God and let that be the story in your uncon in your subconscious mind. Let that be the story you're telling yourself. No matter what's facing before you, no matter what is in your vision, no matter what you're conscious of, we're hit left and right. 
So many of our loved ones, so many of us are still afraid because of COVID-19 and the, the numbers keep growing and now the president has it and the, the enemy will love. I believe God. I believe God. I'm choosing to believe God. I see what the news say. I see what it looks like. But we got to change that belief system. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful because only you know, only you know, only you know what you're struggling with. Only you know the belief that you told yourself. Only you know how you feel when you're alone at night. Only you know how you feel when you feel abandoned and alone. Only you know your insecurities. Only you know and feel unloved. Only you feel like you can't do it, that you don't have the smarts, that you don't have the wit. Only you know the struggles that you have within yourself. You can tell me anything. I can tell you anything but I know when I'm alone with God what I'm faced with and with the tears that are rolling down my eyes because I I formed this belief system year after year after year and every time something negative happened I just pile it on more see I knew it here go another situation when God brought that to my attention it brought freedom there was no one to blame. I couldn't blame my mother. I couldn't blame my father. I couldn't blame the situations that happened to me. I couldn't blame the people in the failed relationship. I had to look at myself in the mirror. I had to look at myself in the mirror and say, I believe this. And because I believe this, I started manifesting situations around this belief. And until I change what I believe about myself, about my situations, about the people around me, I will not be as successful as God is calling me to. And I wanted to change. Like I mentioned before, I don't want to be a minister that ministers in brokenness. I don't want to minister to someone from a hurt place. I want to minister from a person who was hurt and now healed. Hallelujah. I don't want to come on here. I don't know, you know, I, I think, I know God. No. No. My latter days shall be greater than my former days. Because who I was is not the woman that is speaking to you right now. Because God showed me me in the mirror. And I had to face the ugly truth while I was living my life, blaming everybody but me for my unfortunate circumstances and situations. That I had to come to the reality that I formed beliefs in my mind that is sabotaging me, that is delaying me, that is hurting me. And now I choose to believe God. I replace them with the truth. And I'm encouraging you today as you deal with the shipwrecks in your life that you get in a quiet place with God. Some of you some of you right now, you listen to me and you know exactly what I'm talking about. And you know exactly the event 
that made you feel worthless. You know the event that made you feel ugly. You know the event that made you feel that you wasn't good enough, that you, nobody loves you. You know it. And I encourage you to confidently and boldly go to that place. Acknowledge it. Feel the pain of it. Feel it. It, re it happened. It happened. Feel the pain of it. And then let it go. Draw the line. Draw the I choose not to operate out of this belief. I choose not to live another day doubting myself. I choose not to live another day believing that I'm worthless. I draw the line. I draw the line. And you know, when the Holy Spirit gave it to me, it made me think. Do you remember when Jesus drew the line in the sand? Many theologians and, and, and biblical scholars, they would say that he drew the line. And when he drew the line, he, he was showing the scribes and Pharisees maybe their sin. But what if? What if the line was for the woman? It stops here. I know you saw yourself as an adulteress. I, I know you formed this opinion and this belief about yourself and you can only act out of that belief, but I draw the line. He said, where are your accusers? She said, I don't see none, Lord. He said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. What if that line was for her? And Jesus is drawing a line for you saying enough is enough and what you have believed thus far, you can't believe this no more. You can't believe that you're worthless. You can't believe that you're not beautiful. You can't believe that you are not loved. Enough is enough. Where are your accusers? Where are they? Because I don't see them. The truth is I see. He, he saw her as virtuous. He saw her as pure. He saw something completely different from what she saw. And from what the scribes and Pharisees saw. So when I, when I was meditating and I was working on this. And the Holy Spirit showed me when Jesus drew the line, I saw that as my line. I'm taking that line for myself because that's the line that I had to draw. Enough is enough. I don't want to believe and I don't want to think the way I've been thinking any longer. I choose to believe God. And move forward from there. Meditate on the truth of God's word. We believe more about ourselves, what we tell ourselves. Someone could tell you something all day, every day, but it's what you tell yourself that forms the belief. So we gotta start talking to ourselves a little different. We gotta start loving on ourselves a little more. We've got to start encouraging ourselves, giving ourselves a little credit. Because it's us that forms the belief. And even if it was based on what somebody did or what someone said to you, we still had a choice to believe it and meditate on it. So it could have been someone else who said something to you, who said you weren't beautiful, who said you wasn't worth it, who said you weren't enough. So you believed it. M Mommy said it, or 
daddy said it or I love this guy and he said it or I love this girl and she treated me like I was worthless. So we believed it. Still, go to that place and draw the line. I refuse to believe this anymore about myself because I'm awesome. I'm anointed. There's an anointing on me to break the yoke of these beliefs. I have authority. I have dominion. I have power to do so. And I'm going to exercise it in faith. Because the shipwrecks are going to come. We can't hide from it. Every time we turn around, every time you turn on the news, it's something new. You can't change it. You can't change it. But what you can change is how you respond. And I'm hoping today that this makes you really think about where you are mentally. Think about how you've been acting, how you've been responding. And be honest with yourself and say, where is this coming from? Because it's not the truth. And allow the Holy Spirit to take you. Allow the Holy Spirit to take you where it started. When it hurt it. And it gonna hurt. it's going to hurt. <laughs> I cried. <laughs> Who I cried. But he never leaves. And he never forsakes. So I was happy with the illustration of holding Jesus' hand because I knew he would never leave me. So even though I was going to this hurtful, negative place, he was holding my hand. He was with me the whole time. He was with me then. And he's with me now. Jesus was with you then. And he's with you now. To take you back to that place. So you can let it go. So you can change the beliefs. So that you can pick up the word of God as truth. Not just words off of a page. But truth. We will act differently if we really took God at his word if we really believe God really wholeheartedly how would we respond so I'm excited for this new season in my life and I'm excited for the new season in your life because God is a God of order and he is a God of right now. That this message is right now. Co-pastor ministered on the mind and drawing the line. And I'm just smiling the whole time she's preaching. Because I said, Lord, you're moving. Lord, you're working. This is an on-time word. That we have to make decisions. Choose ye this day whom you shall serve. But before you can get there, like I said, you can't serve two masters. You can't be, you can't be obedient to God and obedient to your past. You can't believe God and believe what happened to you when you were 16. You can't. Something got to go. And either you're going to choose what happened to you or you're going to choose God, the word of God. So I'm blessed and I pray that you guys have been blessed. I'm grateful for this opportunity that has been given to me by my pastor to allow submitted to serve to be a part of this service and I thank God for the voice that he's given me 
and to look at the lifeboat. Hallelujah. Because I've been through many shipwrecks, but I can honestly say I had a lifeboat. The ship perished. I lost a lot along the way, but I didn't lose my life. I didn't lose my mind. I didn't lose my hope. And neither did you. So we can celebrate. We can celebrate God doing a shipwreck. Looking up from the lifeboat. Giving him praises. God, you're good. This wasn't unto death. This didn't take my life. And be okay with the things that you lost. Because if we didn't need it, why hold on to something you don't need? There's some things we lost along the way because it's no longer beneficial to us. Loss is nothing but change. And change is for growth. And it's not change that is uncomfortable. It is our resistance to change. And when we learn to accept things as they are, not wanting it to be the way we want it, how we want it, but accept it as it is, we would be more peaceful. Peace is a choice. I love that because it's so true. And what we choose to meditate on and the story we tell ourselves is going to determine our peace. So I'm not going to hold you any further. And I thank each and every one of you for coming to hang out with me and listen to not only my testimony, but the word that the Lord placed on my heart as far as dealing with my mental space and dealing with my emotions. I'm grateful because sometimes it, it, you don't know what someone is going through. And sometimes you may be ashamed. You, you, God is working and he's sharing things with you, but maybe you are ashamed because you, you're embarrassed or, you know, you really don't want nobody to know what you're struggling. I'm a minister. How you a minister and you struggling? How you a minister and your emotions all over the place? How you a minister and your mind ain't right? You have to be okay to be humble before God and let him use you because we all have a ministry. You may not be a pastor or a bishop or whatever the case may be, but each and every one of us have a ministry and God want to use your, 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 your testimony. God want to use the shipwrecks in your life to be beneficial to someone else. God wants to use you. He wants to use you, but he wants to use you effectively. He wants to use you effectively. So I encourage each and every one of you to sit with God. Be honest with yourself. In acts where you are mental, mentally, mental health is so important. It really is. And it's okay if you need psychotherapy. It is okay if you need a counselor. It is okay if you need a few sessions with the pastor. Mental health is important. You change your mind, you change your life. I love you. May God bless you and keep you until I see you again. I love you. Bye-bye.